Praise God. Praise God. Well, we have been studying on prayer, and uh, we've taken most all kinds of prayer and went into in-depth studies on them and found out the inner working, the rules to them. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance for all saints. Uh, one translation says, Praying with all manner of prayer. That's the Amplified. Goodspeed said, Use every kind of prayer. So we know that, that in prayer, there are different kinds of prayer. And if it's different kinds of prayer... What makes them different than other prayers, it, it, the reason they're different is they carry different rules. See, it's different. if it's different prayers, then it's got to be different rules. That's the only thing that makes them any different. Amen? Praise God. So just like I've said, uh, uh, you know, someone said, well, you know, uh, you're kind of trying to make this complicated. No, we're trying to simplify it where we can get prayer results every single time we're not interested in praying just to be praying we're not interested in one thing you know a lot of people just pray what i call consoling prayers that is kind of a console their conscience something well i prayed for old brother such and such yeah yeah he's down sick yeah, yeah i've been praying for him well good what good has it done nothing nothing it hadn't done a bit of good you might as well just you know you could have went and just twink said twinkle twinkle little star done just as good you know it wasn't done you know just just consoling yourself and saying well i prayed for brother such and such kind of like one fellow told me he said you know the difference between my preacher and, and, and the church that i go to say we pray for the sick so my preacher says lord bless the sick Says you come praying and believing God to heal the sick. It's a difference. We pray expecting to get results. Amen. We're not just praying just to be praying. You know that, that that prayer isn't just prayer. You know it is it is means whereby we can join forces with Almighty God, and it's means whereby that that we can carry out the very will of God upon this earth. Praise God. So we know that that that. Different prayers carry different rules. Different rules. Uh, I was listening to a man the other day and he was talking about how you know that you've got your prayer answered. How you know that you've got your prayer answered. He was teaching on supplication in prayer. And he said that how you know you've got your prayer answered is because you'll know it in your heart. You'll just know it in your heart. Well, that ain't right. You know it because you've got the Word on it. That's the reason you know it. You don't, you know, uh, whether you've got any kind of feeling or any kind of sensation makes no difference. All you have to do is have the Word of God on it. You know, no, if you don't feel like you've got your prayer answered, that doesn't make you don't, not have it answered. Feelings does not have anything to do with whether God answers the prayer. I was in a, a, a Pentecostal church one, one night. You know, when I first got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, uh, Pentecostal people heard that I had the Holy Ghost. They'd invite me to church, you know. Hey, would you come over to our church? You know, never invited me to church before, but now they've invited me to church. They heard I got the Holy Ghost, you know. So, uh, uh, you know, I tried to, you know, be nice and courteous and everything, whatever you do, you know. I don't know what you call it. Anyway, <laughs> Christian ethics or something. I don't know what you call it. Anyway, uh, I, I went one night and this preacher, he was preaching, you know, and he, you know, he didn't do all, all that bad or all that good and didn't, you know, wasn't a, nothing spectacular, wasn't nothing out of the ordinary. But after the service, he called people to the front that needed prayer, that needed prayer. And it must have been about 12 people come to the front and he would lay hands on them and pray over them and pray over them and all the, all the squalling and the bawling and the begging and the, and the pleading and all this that was going on. Oh, and just the shaking and all this. And he would come back around and say, Sister, did you get your prayer answered? No, I didn't get my prayer answered. Oh, and they'd pray some more. 
and he'd go to this next one. Did you get your prayer answered? Oh, no, I didn't get it. And he'd pray some more. And he'd come back and say, did you get your prayer answered? Yeah, I got my prayer answered. How do you know you got it? I feel like I got it. Woo, glory, you got it then. Bless God, hallelujah. No, that's not how you know you got your prayer answered. Goosebumps, hot flashes, or any of the rest of that's not determination of whether God answered your prayer. One thing determines that and one only. Not whether, well, I've got some sensation. I've got something, you know, I believe in my heart. Well, you can believe in your heart you've got your prayer answered, but if you don't have the Word of God on it, you've got to have the Word of God. When you've got God's Word, His proof right there, then you've got your answer. That determines, that determines, that only, you know. I've prayed a many times, didn't feel nothing. Got just as much results as I did when I had goosebumps, so that ain't got, that ain't got any, anything to do with it. You know, kind of like... Old boy woke up one morning and said, well, I guess I lost my salvation. I come, well, I don't feel like I did when I first got saved. I said, well, that's probably right. Just pray you through again. And people think, well, you got to keep praying folks through. No. Feelings has nothing to do with, 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 with the Word of God. You know, one of these days, the body of Christ is going to be delivered from their feelings. They're not going to depend on their feelings. They're going to depend on God. No matter what anything says, I'm going with God, nothing else. Praise God. Praise the Lord. All right, what is prayer? Let's define exactly what I mean by prayer. Prayer is joining forces with Almighty God. It's joining forces with God. It's joining forces. Until you pray, you haven't joined forces with God on the situation. Prayer is fellowshipping and worshiping God. Prayer is carrying out the will of God upon this earth. And until man prays and prays scripturally, then God's will cannot be carried out on this earth. A lot of people say, well, you know, God will do anything He wants to. Not so. He cannot do anything He wants to. Are you hearing me? God cannot do anything He wants to. If he could, everybody would get saved tomorrow and we'd be in the millennium the next day. Isn't that right? Wouldn't all the hospitals be empty tomorrow? Didn't Jesus Christ die for those people that have cancer tonight? Didn't he die and take their sickness? Himself took their infirmities and bear their sickness? He wants them healed. He wants them set free. Isn't that right? God cannot do anything he wants to because he's bound by his word and he's bound by himself giving man the authority down here on this earth, and man has not lost that authority through Jesus Christ. And when man prays, he joins forces with God, he fellowships with God, and he carries out the will of God upon this earth. Praise God. He carries God's will out then. Hallelujah. Well, to turn with me tonight to uh, 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, 14th verse. Paul writing here, he said, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, many of you has got King James Bibles. You see the word unknown? Unknown is not in the original. That is italicized in the King James. That means it's been added to. They added that word in there for your understanding, where you'd understand it better. It was, he just said, if I'm praying in tongues, in other words. And, I, and it is acceptable because it is in an unknown tongue, unknown to you especially that's doing the praying. See? said, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. said, what is it then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding also, sing with the Spirit, sing with understanding also. He's talking about two kinds of praying here, uh, two different kinds. Uh, Living Bible says, well then, what shall I do? I will do both, do both, both what? I will pray with unknown tongues and also in ordinary language. So he's talking about two kinds of praying, spiritual praying by the Holy Ghost and 
mental praying, what you know to pray. And there's nothing wrong with you mentally praying. You know, you know how to pray a lot of things. Oh, in Romans 8, 26, is likewise the Spirit helpeth, helpeth our infirmities when we know not how we should pray as we ought. He didn't say you don't know how to pray and leave it at that. He said as you ought in some things. You know how to pray in some things. We need to use the name of Jesus. We need to take our authority in a lot of ways. We need to pray in things that we understand how to pray about. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, if you're praying for someone's healing, you don't have to pray in the Spirit about that, do you? Take the name of Jesus. He said, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. In my name, you can cast out devils. See, praise God. So it's a lot of things in the Spirit that, that, that we need to uh, uh, walk in and learn how to pray in, but we also need to know and have confidence in praying in our understanding. Praying in our understanding. Uh, turn with me to uh, Isaiah 43. We're going to talk about praying in our understanding or praying with your understanding. A lot of things you don't need to pray in tongues about. Are you listening to me? It's kind of like praying the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith will not work in every circumstance. Praying in tongues will not work in every circumstance. It will not. It will not. You know, kind of like a friend of mine, Jay Blevins, said, I said, I told the Lord, said, Lord, I don't care what comes up. I'm not going to back up from anything. I'm not going to be afraid of anything. And I'll use that name of Jesus anytime it comes up. And said, the next day he's walking down the street and a, and, a, and a fella had a heart attack right in front of him. And said, fear went all over him. And he said, I backed up and on to a building and started praying in tongues. You know. No, he's supposed to use the name of Jesus. You pray in tongues all over. You know, praise God. Thank God for praying in tongues. And I'm not belittling that. But I am saying this, that we need both kinds of praying. Both kinds, not just spirit praying, but praying. He said, he said we can pray with our understanding. We can use that name of Jesus and use our authority in some things. Praise God. Isaiah 43, 25. said, I, even I, that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. He says, put me in remembrance. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Beck translates that. said, let us argue the case. Let us argue the case. Speak for yourself to show you are right. Let us argue the case. Now we're talking about a case. Well, what kind of case we're talking about? Any kind that comes up, you can argue your case with it. Good, good news, Bible said. Let us go to court. Translates this verse. Let us go to court. Bring your accusation. Present your case to prove your right. Present your case to prove your right. New American Standard said, let us argue our case together. Well, now if you're going into a court of law and you're going in preparing to win your case, you're going to have to have some preparation. Isn't that right? Isn't that right now? You're not just going to wait till the day of court and just walk up in there and you know and everything's going to be all right. No, you've got to have some evidence. You've got to have someone with some evidence. What is a witness? A witness is one that produces evidence. Praise God. Kind of like you said in Romans uh, uh, Acts 1.8, said you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you shall be a witness unto me. A witness means one that produces evidence. You know, a lot of us supposed to be producing evidence we got the Holy Ghost. Amen? Praise the Lord. So if, you, if you're planning on uh, getting results when you pray and you're planning on getting uh, uh, the answer that you desire uh, when you plead your case, you know, he says, Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. He said, let us plead together. He didn't say, now you just come plead your case. He said, let us plead together. 
Let us plead together. How many of you ever prayed for anything and did not get the answer you desired? Did not, just did not make connection, didn't get the answer. Well, something's wrong. God didn't miss it, did he? God didn't miss it. Well, something's wrong. I know one time I, I, I wanted to go to a meeting in, in, in Louisiana, South Louisiana. A friend of mine, Jay Blevins and, and John Olstein were preaching, holding a meeting down there, a camp meeting, and I wanted to go, and I was preaching a little church on Cayenne Highway, and I was believing God. I, I went before God and asked him for a certain amount of money. I was in faith. I was believing God for the money. I know that I was in faith. I know without a shadow of a doubt how the faith operates. Therefore, but the money didn't come in. Well, wait now. If you're in faith, faith always works. Yes, if everything's lined up right. Kind of like if you, you, you're trying to believe God for finances and won't pay tithes. Huh? See, if you're trying to believe God for finances and won't pay tithes, then you don't have a right. You're, you're operating over there in another realm. You can't disobey God's rules and then expect the blessings of God. I went before God. I guess the, the longest I ever personally talked to God was after that, that meeting <laughs> that I, I didn't get my money. <laughs> I thought I wanted to go. Man, that's a disappointment to me. I mean, that disappointed me. Uh, Here's some people wanted us to go with them. Said, well, I, 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 let me give you some money. I got plenty of money. No, I wasn't fixing to do that. I, I had to find out exactly how come I missed connections with God. Are you listening to me? If it does not work, God said, let us what? Plead together. Let's plead together. I went before God. I said, you understand? I know faith. You understand? I know how to believe you. You understand I was in faith and the money didn't come. I want to know why. And he told me why. <laughs> and we talked, personally talked, in conversation for about 15 minutes. The longest I've ever talked with Almighty God. We talked back and forth for about 15 minutes. <laughs> it was something. And, and, and one of the things that I, I, I was doing, I had established financial channels I was a I was believing God that I was going to get this money from a certain place that isn't what God says do see let me tell you something God allow you to go through, through some of these things teach you some things sometimes people do you know that his best is you get it out of the book kind of like you tell one of them children don't touch the hot stove and he touches it anyway he learns it's hot. He better if he didn't have to put something on it, some ice on it, you know, and listen to it. But I, I, I had missed God. I was believing God, and I had established financial channels. I had established where my finances was coming from. Uh, you know, we was preaching in a small church uh, out on the Italian Highway, and the finances it just, just did not come in sporting family. It wasn't no way. But I was believing God for the finances to come in, and they'd come in from everywhere. We'd get money from Alaska. We'd get, you couldn't imagine where well, God had moved on. I know one time got a, 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 a check for, from some courthouse. <laughs> some courthouse. Uh, uh, I, you know, I never did ask any question, you know. Thank God, you know. Hallelujah. But I had a stack. You know, I, I was depending on the mailman when he come. I was waiting on him. I, where's my money at if it didn't come? Where's my money at, Lord? You know, where you know? You can, yeah, Uncle Sam. <laughs> and I had established some financial channels. God does not want you to establish anything but Philippians 4.19. My God will supply your needs. Not any person, not any job, not anything but him. Uh, alone will supply your need. Him alone. And if you establish anything else, then you're not depending in faith on Him. You're not in faith. Well, I know God can, can supply my need. I believe it's going to come through my job. I believe it's going to come through an inheritance. I believe it's going to come. No, that isn't the way you do it. You leave the high it comes up to God. You do the believing and let how it comes, where it comes from, who it comes from. You leave it at that. 
You know, it's, it's, an old, it's an old saying in the world, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You know, any of you ever heard that? All of, any of you know what it means? Well, don't, you know, don't look where it comes from. You don't have to worry where it comes from. Just accept it and go on. That's faith. That's faith. Believing my God supplies my need. No one else. No one else. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, we pleaded together about that thing. I presented my case, and, and it sounded pretty good where I was coming from, too. And I used Scripture, and I didn't take them out of their context, but I had some things that I had done, and I thought I was right. See, you can think you're right and you can be wrong. Do you know that? That's why let, 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 let's stay open to the Word of God at all costs. Let's don't ever get where we think we know it all. Amen? Let's don't ever get where we think we've arrived. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote half the New Testament. He said, I don't even look back at my past accomplishments. I'm pressing on towards the mark, high calling of God. I'm pressing on, moving on, friend. I ain't still hanging around here. I hadn't arrived back here at this plateau. I'm going on towards that one. Praise God. Praise God. All right. He said, let us plead together. Beck said, let us argue our case. Good news said, let us go to court. Go to court. Any of you ever been to court? This is, this is what I'm talking about. When you carry a petition before Almighty God, it's just like you going before the court. He said, come into my throne room. Let us plead together. Present your case. Present what your evidence is. Well, where am I going to get any evidence, Brother Sullivan? I need healing. Well, go to Jesus' ministry. You know, if we can find a precedent, you know, in, in, in a court of law, they'll look back over the record, and if they can see, find a case, that pertains to the same thing that you're being tried for, they can take that as a precedent and tear that before court as evidence. Well, we've got, we've got evidence in the New Testament that healing belongs to us. We've got evidence in the New Testament that the grace of God provides prosperity for us. We've got evidence. Praise God. And we need to carry that evidence need to carry that evidence. The redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ, His substitutionary work is all the evidence we'll ever need. Hallelujah. That is the evidence that we need. Praise the name of the Lord. As a young man, I, and Junior also, we did go to court a few times, didn't we, Junior? And I know some things about court. I know some things about court. And a many time I've been up there without preparing right. And when I was not prepared right, it didn't make any difference if I was right or wrong. If my evidence was not right, then I always lost. I might have been right. I might have been right. It's a minute Christian that goes before God and is right and they're, and they're honest before, but they don't have any scripture to back up their plea before God. They don't have the word of God to put on the situation. They don't have anything to stand on. What are you standing on? Have you got a case that, that, that has been tried along these lines? Have you got a case that you can put on, on, on the, on the, docket right here that gives us precedence that this has been tried before and, 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 and you've been and you've won have you got evidence along in line let's see you can go to the New Testament what do you need well Brother Sullivan I, I tell you what I need to get healed you do well there's a case where there's a woman with the issue of blood one time and she suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she'd had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. But she heard of Jesus and came in the press behind and touched his garment for she said, she said with her mouth, 
if I'm able to touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. 34th verse down there of the 5th chapter of Mark said, And Jesus said, Daughter, thy faith has made you whole. Father, according to my faith, I believe that Jesus took my infirmities. He bare my sickness. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's no respecter of persons. The same healing that come to that woman with the issue of blood. I stand believing you right now. There's my evidence. Praise God. Hallelujah. That sounds like a pretty good case. Glory to God. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Father, according to the word of the living God, 2 Corinthians 8 9 said that he became poor, that I could become rich. Father, you see right now that it looked like that I ain't rich. And we may classify rich like Rockefeller, but I'm talking about rich of having more than enough. That's what I'm classifying as rich. I'm not, ha- I'm not talking about having 250,000 oil wells and nine Cadillacs. I'm, not talking, I'm talking about having more than enough. Whatever your need is, you've got more than enough. Isn't that rich? That's more than enough, isn't it? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. So we've got precedence on these things. And when we go before God, we need to have the evidence. We need to have a case. See, most times that you pray, you don't, you're, you're not in immediate uh, a danger or, or just have to have a manifestation right now. If you don't, take time to meditate on the Word on your situation. Take time to get into the Word and meditate and pray in the Spirit and mull it over and think on it and start praising God for it before you pray. Usually take two or three days on it. Take you two or three days to get to hold to you some evidence that you can go to God in the courtroom with it. Blessed be God and present your case. Present your case. Praise the Lord. He said, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Let us plead together. That word plead there is a, it's a little, it's not a real good translation. Better, better terminology would have been to present your case. Come and just present, uh, uh, let us present our case together. Let us present it together. That pleading sounds like, well, we're going to come plead. God doesn't require you come pleading and bawling and squalling. Nothing wrong with bawling and squalling. I, I believe in it, and it has its place in repentance. But when you're pleading your case before God, He's interested in the evidence. You can get on the witness stand, and you can squall and bawl and tell, Oh, you know, oh, man, you know, I don't know much about it. I just, oh, it's a terrible thing. And, you know, that ain't going to win anything. Are you hearing me? It won't help a bit. Might get someone to say, Paul, I sure am sorry for You know, they had a murder trial in, in a Little Rock. I saw some of the headlines. I believe her name, lady's name was Orsini. She got convicted. She squalled and she bawled and she was a nice looking woman and she cried and folks sympathetically sent her to the team whole thing you've got to go you are you don't have no evidence you've got to go so it's squalling and bawling yeah well you say it's wrong to squall and bawl no i'm not saying that and if you got to squall and bawl but that's not what we're interested in when we're making this prayer with our understanding we're interested in one thing and that is getting the evidence taking our case before god and presenting it pleading together with him Carrying it before him, present him a case of his evidence. Put me in remembrance, he said. Put me in remembrance. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, as a, as a lady one time come to Jesus, we call her the Syrophoenician woman, and she comes squalling, bawling, God, oh, just said, come beseeching him. Oh, Lord, my, my little daughter lies at the point of death. She, you know, she's got vexed with the devil. You know what he told her? He said, it's not meat for the master to to give bread to the dogs. 
She come up off her old squall and got, got about half mad about the thing. She said, well, at least the dog gets the crumbs that fall off the master's table. He said, well, for that saying, your daughter's healed. Hallelujah. Just present your case. A crumb of the master's food will get you healed. A crumb will. Hallelujah. Just a crumb, praise God. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Never go before God and pray except you ex expect to get results. I know a lot of praying in our understanding is what I call consoling prayer or, or soothing prayers or kind of, you know, kind of like a lady asked me one time. She said, uh, I was preaching in a nursing home, said, would you come in here and pray for this, this old lady? And I said, yeah, I will. I went in there with her, and she was in a coma. And I said, well, what would you like for me to pray? She said, huh? She never heard that. She want me, I said, well, what do you want me to pray? How do you want me to pray? Huh? She didn't know what I was talking about. She wanted me to pray one of them little soothing type prayers, little consoling prayer. Lord, here we are. Lord, here we, you know, here we are. Bless us, oh Lord. Thank you. You know, we're good. You know, everything's fine. And one of them little, no, that's, that's not even prayer. That's not even prayer, people. You know, most of the time, you know, people pray, dear Lord, bless us. And they already been blessed with all the blessings that heaven itself enjoys. Why you don't pray and ask him for something he's already done 2,000 years ago? Well, I asked the lady, I said, well, now, do you? <laughs> she kind of turned red, you know, and I, I said, well, real sweet lady, uh, Mennonite woman. And I, I, I said, well, is she saved? She said, she sure is. She said, she's been a fine Christian all her life. I said, well... Said, what did she want before she went into this coma? Said, she told me she wanted to go on and be of the Lord. I said, well, why don't we just pray and release her spirit onto the Lord let her go on and be of the Lord? See, not knowing how to pray. She wanted me to just kind of soothe the prayer, you know. I, you know, we prayed and it wasn't long. Next day, she, the lady went on and be of the Lord. Next morning, praise the Lord. Uh, I went to see some folks in the hospital one time, you know, and I talked to them a while and then and, and I saw right quick that it was no use me praying no prayer of faith. It was no use to me even praying anything. They wasn't believing anything. This man was dying. This man was dying. They wasn't believing anything. They believed unless the doctors done it, it wasn't going to be done. Now, that's what they believed. It wasn't no use to me trying to do anything. You know, I tried to get them to believe with me uh, uh, according to you know, where their faith was, and they, you know, you couldn't get any kind of belief, no kind of response out of them, any kind of way, but they did want to thank me for coming by. Oh, we appreciate your, your, uh, uh, your sympathy. We appreciate you coming by and taking time out of your busy schedule to take time to come and visit us poor old peons. You know. No. That is it. <laughs> You know, it may sound funny, but that's the way people think. See, they think, well, just kind of pray. You know, I was in a prayer meeting, a prayer breakfast, uh, one Thursday morning not too long ago. The reason I said Thursday morning because full gospel meets on Saturday morning. I want you to know it wasn't them. It, <clears throat> anyway... I was at prayer breakfast, and, and, and they started praying. You know, after they got to eating, they took turns praying this and start over here, and they'd go down the line this way and come back around. First one start out, bless me and my preacher and my prayer, and pray, and I thought, you know, bless this one, bless our pews, bless our altar bench, bless the piano. You know, this is nothing. You know, prayer means something, people. Prayer isn't just mouthing words. Amen? Bless my preacher. Bless, bless the visiting preacher. You know, four or five of them, bless me, you know. Bless old, old visiting over there, you know. You know, out of that, that's all right. You know, it, it ain't going to hurt anything, but it's not going to help anything. 
Are you listening to me? Unless you go before God in your understanding with evidence, with Scripture, with knowing exactly what the will of God is in the situation and praying according to that line, you're not going to get the right result. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Uh, he says, put me in remembrance. Put me in remembrance. Uh, Charles Finney, he was a great exponent of prayer. He was, I guess, had the greatest number of converts that strayed, stayed true to Almighty God uh, uh, more than any other man other than the Apostle Paul that's ever lived. It's a known fact that 85% of the people that were born again under this Presbyterian's ministry, under this Presbyterian's ministry, 85% of them stayed true to Almighty God. 85%. Dwight L. Moody, one of the great uh, evangelists, only about 50% of them went on with the Lord after they got born again. Uh, it's a known fact. And Billy Graham's crusade, around 20% is all that goes on with the Lord after meeting the Lord in his, in, in his, in his uh, uh, evangelistic work. So we know that uh, uh, whatever Charles Finney was doing is working, wasn't it? Is working, wasn't it? He was a great exponent, first of all, of prayer. He had a little man that worked with him named Father Nash that would go in and pray and intercede and travail for the town before he'd come in and preach the revivals. But he said, he said, you know, said, I'd find myself praying sometimes and said it would startle me what I was praying. Said it just startled me, it just all, go all over me. Said sometimes, said one time he was praying and he told the Lord, said, you don't think we're not going to have revival here, do you? said, you don't think we're not going to have revival? You don't think you can withhold thy blessing from this, do you, Lord? He said it startled him saying that. And said, it, it, he said, one time he was praying, and he said, uh, said he found himself telling the Lord, said, this is what you said in your word. This is what you said in your word. He said he'd go before the Lord and he'd tell him, say, said, Lord, you got to do it because you said it. You've got to do it because you said it. And said it startled him sometimes when he'd be praying. He's just caught up in prayer. Don't you know he was anointed to pray? Old man was praying and this would just come out and it, it, it was just the Spirit of God leading him in line with the Word of God is all it was doing. That's all it was doing. But what he was doing, he was praying the Word of God. He was taking the Word of God. He was putting God in remembrance of His Word. He was pleading His case. He was bringing the evidence before Almighty God. Hallelujah. And he was praying revivals down, I'm telling you. There's one town there in New York where he went into. Father Nash had went in before him. And, and, and as best church history... Uh, uh, records uh, uh, the meeting he had up there. Every person in town got saved. Whole town got saved. Manchester, New York. Whole town. Whole town. Whole town. I'm telling you, the whole town. This is Presbyterian. Man, that's supposed to be God's chosen, frozen, you know, stiff neck type folk. Then again, this old man praying the whole thing, praying revivals down. Amen. Praise God. So we can learn something there. He, you know, Father Nash went in a couple, three weeks ahead of time and began to pray. And, and, and when, he, when Finney came in, you know, to get him a room, this, this lady run the, run the uh, uh, boarding house where Father Nash was staying, said he hadn't left his room in two weeks. Said, has he eaten anything? Said, we put some food under the door a time or two. And said, we opened the door and something to drink there, you know, and, and, and said, but he's in there, said, I, we hear him day and night hollering. Old man was travailing. <laughs> he was travailing. That's what he's done. He's birthing them people in. 
He's birthing them in. I tell you what, it was 10 years later after they'd had that great revival there at Manchester, you couldn't even buy a drink in that town. You couldn't even buy a drink. Two years after they left there, uh, Barnum and Bailey Circus come to the town and two people showed up. Rest of them is in revival, still working for God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Ephesians, the sixth chapter now. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. It says, finally, my brethren, 10th verse, 610. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He didn't say, you know, you're going to have to try to be a little stronger, boy. Did he? Or you're gonna, you, you ain't strong enough now. You're going to have to get stronger. No, he said, you be strong in the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord, and his power of his might, power of his might. Praise God. Well, that's where you are if you're in Christ. Because we've died and our life is hid with Christ in God. Hallelujah. We're in the power of his might. We just need to realize that more. 11th verse said, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. See, the problem has not been that we're trying and praying to get it from God. See, that's where a lot of people get mistakes, especially finances. Lord, I need $500. I, Lord, send me $500. The Lord ain't got $500 up there. He, doesn't, he don't run off, you know, he ain't got any currency up there of no kind. He doesn't have any 20s and 10s. He can't do any business like that, and they're not coming down here on an angel. Amen. Lord, send me 500. No, I, he don't have any down there. Where is the money at? It's down here where we've got principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world. They're the dude that's trying to withhold your money. Not God. You don't have to pray. God's already blessed you with all these blessings. Now, it's up to us to take the authority and tell Satan to get his hands off your money, then command your angels to go forth and bring your money in. So you've got authority there, and unless you take your authority, it won't do it. You can pray all you want to for that 500, and you know what you're going to get? Not if Satan's got his hands on. Well, he can't just hold my money. He can't. Who you think's been holding it up? Huh? Who's been stopping your promotion? See? Praise the Lord. God's not withholding from us. We've got authority down here on the earth. Unless we use it, it'll not, it just won't be taken. Uh, any of you know what Hebrews 1, 14 says? Said, uh, talking about angels, says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who are heirs of salvation? We're the heirs of salvation. They're to minister for us. Do our bidding, in other words. Do our bidding. Do our bidding. I'm talking about, see, we half use some of these scriptures. We need to understand something about finances right now. L listen close. The money's down here in this earth, and if money's not coming right, if the finances are not flowing right, it is up to you and the devil to get it straight. It's not between you and God. God's already blessed you with the money. He's blessed you in Christ Jesus with all the blessings. He's given you the authority to use Jesus Christ's name. And until you tell him to lose that money, he don't have to lose that money. See, if you're a tither and a giver, the laws of God are in operation for you. Do you know the windows of heaven been opened? You know, give will be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men ungive unto your bosom. With the same measure you met with all, it'll be measured back to you. All these laws are in effect. Well, why aren't they flowing? Because you've got an enemy down here in this world, the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 said he is the God of this world. Jesus called him the evil genie of this world, the prince of this world. 
And he wants to withhold this money. You say he can with, withhold my money? Unless you tell him to get his hands off of it, he can. And unless you know that you've got the authority to use that name of Jesus, he, he'll laugh at you. Are you listening to him? So you've got to have this thing, you know, it don't just all of a sudden fall on you like Mahatma Rice at a wedding party, you know, oh, everything's lovely. It don't work like that. It don't work like that. You've got an enemy right against you. But he says right here, put on the whole armor of God that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. Kind of like a preacher asked me one time, I was going to his church uh, uh, before I started preaching. He asked me, he said, you know anything about the devil? I said, no, I don't know anything about it. You know. He said, uh, well, I don't need him. He said, <laughs> you know, on a can of potted meat, unwood, devil ham, something about all it is to it. You know, said, we got one fellow in the church thinks everything's a devil. And he did. He turned over a 2,000-pound rock to hunt a booger, you know. And run even as, a, as birds scatter in a covey of quail. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, we got authority over him. We've got the authority over him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Praise God. Uh, when, especially, now you remember this, more, more people. Pray about finances and any other thing. You don't need to pray about it no more. You don't need to pray about it anymore. Lord, send me such and such. You don't need to pray about that. Actually, you don't really need to pray about your healing. Huh? Just need to claim what's yours. See, he said lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, didn't Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. Praise God. Father, I just believe I receive them. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, when you are praying in your understanding, it's two things that, that'll help you. Two things that'll help you. And the first thing is that you need to know the will of God before you pray. Now, that's first. You know, all failure in prayer has something to do with the Word of God or lack of understanding something about the Word of God. This just lack of understanding about the Word of God. You know, I, I, I've, I've been before people that, that, that should know healing, should know some of the supernatural power of God, and, and you, you know your heart goes out to them, and they just, you know, they just don't understand how to pray. They don't understand, you know, and they're destroyed for lack of knowledge. They're just destroyed. They're just destroyed. Over in Isaiah, the fifth chapter, he said, My people's gone into captivity. For they have no knowledge. They help captive. They don't have no knowledge. They don't, and, it, and it's not God's fault. He put the knowledge right there. It's free. It's anybody can have it. And, you know, in the United States, most everybody's got eight or ten around the house. Like me, I got 50, 60, 70, maybe 80 different translations of, uh, of the Bible. Praise God. So when you pray in your understanding, you use the name of Jesus, you Know the will of God before you pray. And another thing that will help you is this. You pray scriptures. You, he said, put me in what? Remembrance of my word. So uh, say, well, I can't remember all that. Write them down. Write them down. Well, I got a sore throat. I can't even hardly talk. Just say, Lord, and go to pointing at them then. You know, here it is. There right there. Something is. <laughs> Amen? Praise God. God's Word works. He said, put me in remembrance of my Word. Put me in remembrance. Pray Scriptures. When you pray Scriptures and you're understanding, see, you've got, you've got the petition that you need then. Amen? Turn with me to the fifth chapter of James. Hebrews and James. James 5. James, the fifth chapter. The uh, 16th verse. 
He said, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Now he's talking about here, the 15th verse above it says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up if he's committed any sin. Sins, they shall be forgiven. Confess your faults one to another. Now that does not mean that if you've got sin, if you've sinned, that you've got to go around confessing it to everybody. How many of you ever been in, in, in a meeting, in a meeting, in a church meeting, where people would get up and go to cry and say, oh, I've sinned, oh, me, I've done this, oh, I lied to grandma the other day, and have a confession. Well, don't never do that, never do that, never do that. He's not talking about that. You know, God may forget it, but that old, old boy sitting by you, he ain't going to forget it. So you know what he said he did? Oh, ooh, ain't that something? Man, he won't never forget that. Are you listening to me? Don't be confess. You don't have to confess your faults to one another. That's not what he's saying. He's saying if you're sick and you had to call for the elders of the church, you confess your sins and God will forgive you his sins. Let's read that 15th verse again, 50. He said, and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. If he's committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. Son, when you, when you call for the elders of the church and you're young in the Lord, God's going to forgive you sins too. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. Amen. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. Now listen to this. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. When you go before God in your understanding, you need to know without a shadow of a doubt that you are in effectual, fervent prayer. And you are a righteous man. You must know your sense of righteousness. You must have a righteousness consciousness. You must have that when you go before God. Uh, Amplified translates that verse. It affects uh, fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. See this prayer we're talking about. We're going before God in our understanding, makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. Dynamic. We're talking about a dynamic prayer. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Norley said, the prayer of a righteous man can bring powerful results. Powerful results. What is prayer? Prayer is joining forces with God. It's fellowshipping with God. It's carrying out His will here upon this earth. Praise the name of the Lord. So when we're praying with our understanding, let's get a hold of the Word of God. Let's have our evidence there before we present our case. Are you hearing me? How many times, how many times uh, have you ever seen Perry Mason come into a courtroom and he wasn't prepared? No, he's had them law, uh, 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 those investigators out. Man, he's, you know, he's got the evidence. And I tell you what, he springs it on them too, don't he? Oh, he'll spring it on them. He always wins. Never had lost the case. See? Well, I tell you what, you've got an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, that's never lost the case. Amen? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, stand up on your feet.